Last week on HR Party of One, we covered how to create a culture guide, including what it is as well as what to include and how to write part one. If you haven't watched last week's episode, I strongly recommend you do before watching this episode, where I'll cover parts two and three of culture guides. By the end, you'll be better equipped to write your own culture guide. I'll also share some actionable next steps for getting the most use out of it and improving the culture in your organization. Last week, we covered what is a culture guide and part one, essentials. Today, we'll cover part two, expectations, part three, every day, and how to use your culture guide. Let's get to it. Part two, expectations. Part two covers the expectations of your organization by outlining organizational structure, establishing communication norms, describing compensation practices, addressing technology needs, and modeling how to lead the organization. Since part two focuses on employee expectations, it may evolve over time, but still needs to go through leadership to approve updates. Although part two may change as you add new products, services, or update to industry trends, there should be a through line connecting part two expectations to part one essentials. Similarly, part two deals directly with many factors affecting organization culture. Structure. This section should outline your organizational structure and expectations. List your organization's brands and the different teams that fall under each. Address employee titles, email signatures, and business cards for consistency across the organization. You might consider including any required reading for your team members. For example, at Bernie Portal, all new hires are required to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, and all managers are required to read Coaching for Improved Work Performance by Ferdinand Fornes. Communication norms. You should document expectations for how teammates interact with one another across different communication channels. Again, don't force new hires to figure it out on their own. Explain what the preferred method of communication is for particular circumstances. For example, Brain Portal lists its communication channels in a hierarchy of when teammates should use them. Zoho Connect, our team collaboration software, email, Gchat, phone, and in-person interruption. Specifically, in-person interruption should be a last resort. Here's what our culture guide says. When you do it, you should literally say, can I interrupt you for a minute? Why? Because that's what you'll be doing and it should feel a little awkward. It should generally only be done when you've been asked for something by the person you are interrupting that is most quickly resolved with a quick conversation and or requires looking at a computer screen or other document together. If it can wait until you're one-on-one -on -one without slowing down the other person too much, then let it wait and have it on the one-on-one -on -one agenda. This is also a good place to mention that if an employee asks HR a question already answered in the culture guide, they will be referred back to the culture guide. After all, you're writing this document as a reference for the sake of culture, consistency, and time. The more specific you are in writing this section, the more successful you'll be at achieving those ends. Compensation practices. At first, it may seem odd to include compensation practices in part two, which covers expectations. For some, it may seem odd to include compensation practices in a culture guide at all. 
But compensation transparency actually helps your organization build culture, stay consistent, and save time by setting expectations for how roles are compensated and how raises are awarded. Consider the target compensation approach. Target comp describes the total pay an employee can earn in a given role. It includes the base salary for the position, as well as additional forms of compensation, including variable or incentive-based pay, such as bonuses, success shares, commissions, and more. Target comp can improve recruiting, retention rates, and financial planning, and HR can lead the way. It takes time to document these practices and policies. So why should HR go to all this trouble? Managers are responsible for coaching and developing their employees' skills. In principle, this makes sense. But if no one within your organization has written down what skill development looks like, it's really hard for managers to foster employee growth. Compensation and benefit practices certainly belong in your culture guide, and part two is a good place to describe them. Include how salaries are calculated, how paid time off policies work, and how remote work requests will be handled. Be sure to address how compensation and benefit policies differ between exempt and non-exempt teammates. You might consider including a more detailed appendix at the end of part two that outlines target compensation levels based on experience, scope, and skill for each team. For a detailed look at what this looks like, check out an earlier episode of HR Party of One, which is dedicated to target compensation. I'll link to it in the description. In fact, I've covered transparent compensation practices in depth in a more recent episode of HR Party of One and an episode of HR FAQ. I'll link to both of those in the description as well. Technology needs. Again, the purpose of part two is setting expectations that include addressing which roles or teams will receive what technology to succeed in their position. You should answer questions like, did different roles get different hardware technology? What about software? What tools can employees expect to receive or purchase? And what tools are employees expected to provide? For example, your organization may provide everyone with a desktop computer, but not a laptop unless their position requires it. A salesperson who meets with clients out of office often may need a laptop for sales presentations, whereas a marketing or customer service team member may not need a mobile device. Writing this down avoids having to deal with a lot of one-off requests and further fosters an environment of fairness and consistency. How to lead the organization. If you're using your culture guide for onboarding, and you should, modeling on day one how to leave may seem counterproductive. But actually, there's no better time. Addressing this delicate topic any later could be interpreted as seriously negative feedback on performance. So why address it at all? Employee turnover is part of life for all employers, and how workers leave is vital to this process. It's best practice to not burn bridges, and it also leaves the door open for top talent to come back in the future if it's a good fit for both parties. These so-called boomerang hires already have experience at your organization and can hit the ground running more quickly. How someone leaves always impacts their remaining team. Leaving with grace also means respecting those who are left to pick up the responsibilities of the departing employee. Of course, it's a matter of productivity too. In this section of the culture guide, address what's expected of teammates who are moving on, including how to share the news with their manager and how much notice they should give. Be as thorough as possible here. You could even include templates for departing employees to use when communicating with their current manager 
at your organization and their future manager at their next employer. For example, Bernie Portal suggests employees use this language to notify their manager. I've decided it's time to move to start my next professional chapter, and I recently accepted a job at employer name. They've asked me to start on this date, and I told the hiring manager I would confirm with them after talking to you. I'd like my last day at Bernie Portal to be this date. I've made a list of all my current tasks and projects, and I want to make sure you have everything you need from me to make this a smooth transition. If you want employees to leave with grace, you must show them what that looks like. Consider sharing some anecdotes about former employees who left with grace and emphasize what these workers did well on their way out. Part three, every day. Whereas parts one and two may be 10 pages, part three will likely be much longer, covering the everyday details of your organization. Part three should include how employees get paid and can take advantage of their benefits, daily operations and logistics, required tech skills and where to get support, and industry compliance. Part three deals with the nitty gritty of the daily grind, so it should be subject to changes as needed. It's unlikely leadership will wanna be involved too much in reviewing part three, so HR should own this part entirely. Part three is the section that most resembles a typical employee handbook, documenting organization policies, housekeeping issues, and compliance procedures. What to include in part three. In fact, much of part three can probably come from your current employee handbook. Use this opportunity to make sure what you have is up to date. As such, part three won't require as much explanation. Instead, it may be more helpful here to provide a checklist of what to include which is basically whatever employees need to know to be successful in day-to-day -day operations. Contact list and common abbreviations defined. Compensation and benefits, which includes paycheck deductions, compensation changes, PTO policy, sick leave, HSA contributions, 401k, parental leave, and how to view paychecks. And then there's business expenses, anti-discrimination policy, data security policy, social media guidelines, logistics including fax, phone, how to connect to the printer, how to host a webinar, ordering office supplies, processing payments, and then there are things like tech skills and tech support, and specifics to your industry such as licensing, certification, etc. Writing part three is an opportunity to update any policies or procedures that have changed since your last employee handbook revision. This section will require the most upkeep from HR, so you should keep it in a digital format to update as often as logistics change. How to use your culture guide. To make the most of your culture guide, you cannot just set it and forget it. Your culture guide needs to be communicated, updated, and referenced on a regular basis. Here are the five next steps. Number one, get buy-in from leadership. Number two, communicate to employees. Number three, use for onboarding, coaching, and training. Number four, reference on a regular basis. And number five, review and update annually. All of these actionable next steps are important, but I cannot emphasize enough the importance of reviewing and updating. For clarity, here are examples of some recent changes I've made to Bernie Portal's culture guide. For part two, I've updated contingent compensation for managers. This usually gets updated every year. 
Also, there are some teams that don't have a compensation levels document, and we've had a few teams that introduced them for 2022. For part three, I added a portion outlining how Bernie Portal handles a parent's room for employees who need to express breast milk after returning from parental leave. We currently have a team member who is expecting, and I wanna make sure we were prepared if they needed these accommodations. Also, for part three, I added a section describing how Bernie Portal handles compensation changes. Compensation changes should always go into effect in conjunction with the upcoming period. We do this so that you aren't splitting a paycheck between two compensations, which could cause a lot of errors if we did. If your employee handbook isn't working for you, it's time to get to work creating something better. Download our comprehensive and practical HR guide to culture guides. I'll link to it in the description. A culture guide has so much potential to help you cultivate your organization's culture, but it takes your initiative and stewardship to realize it. As always, remember, your role is as strategic as you make it.